Welcome to the MSA Podcast Production, a new digital media arts exploration of the Mississippi School of the Arts. Join us as we host interviews from within our state and abroad. Creative Expression, the flagship podcast program, is the idea that every artist has the freedom to share their life story in their own unique way. In this podcast project, connect with our guests as they share their experiences, offer sound advice, and inspire us all. We encourage you to stay tuned to our podcast series as we incorporate this phase of digital media artistry into everyday life at Mississippi School of the Arts. Launch our website at podcast.msabrookhaven.org where you can receive more information about our future programs as it becomes available. Join us now for Episode 2 of Creative Expression Podcast. Ms. Suzanne Hirsch, she is the Executive Director of the Mississippi School of the Arts in Brookhaven. And since this is a MSA podcast, Creative Expression, what a great opportunity to talk about the Mississippi School of the Arts and what it's doing for the Brookhaven area. Suzanne, thank you for joining me. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So what is the Mississippi School of the Arts? Mississippi School of the Arts is a residential high school for juniors and seniors in high school um, from across the state of Mississippi. They have the opportunity to study one of six arts disciplines here. Uh, There's dance, there's filmmaking, there's creative writing, theater, visual art, and vocal music. The students audition in their 10th grade year and then they live with us for uh, their 11th and 12th grade year. They study intensively their arts training um, three hours every day in addition to rehearsals and or studio hours that are required for their discipline. And they also go to regular academic classes so they get their high school graduation um, requirements met as well. So it's uh, 15 years old. We are really doing amazing work to be so young. And uh, it really does serve arts education for the entire state of Mississippi. So Mississippi School of the Arts is a uh, residential high school that serves all 82 counties counties in Mississippi, correct? Yes, it is. Um, every year we have between 48 to 50 counties represented in our enrollment in any given year. Um, but over the course of the 15 years, we've had virtually every county here in the state represented through our enrollment. So how did the idea come about for Mississippi School of the Arts? Well, Governor Fordyce's wife, Pat, was in Brookhaven um, touring. She happened to be standing on the cor- on the steps of Lampton Auditorium, and she mentioned that the historic campus of Whitworth College would just be an amazing site for an art school. The people in Brookhaven typically are doers. They're probably some of the most active community members that I have ever experienced in the different places that I've lived. And so they took that as a challenge, I suppose, Jim Barnett, Dr. Jim Barnett was our representative at the time, and he worked on a bill. Uh, They did a lot of research. They did proposals to the legislature. And in 1999, a bill was signed, and progress was made towards making a Mississippi School of the Arts right here in Brookhaven. I can remember uh, back in high school, uh, the campus that we're talking about here, Mississippi School of the Arts, uh, was always known as Whitworth College Campus. And uh, it was grown up, a lot of trees, a lot of brush, I, for one, thought all the buildings were going to be bulldozed at some point, you know, but uh, it seems like the visionaries of Brookhaven saw something different, 
um, and thankfully for Ms. Pat Fordyce and Dr. Barnett and some of the other Brookhaven elite um, got the the move forward to, to restore the campus. And reading some of the history, being Whitworth College started in 1858, um, which none of the building original buildings exist anymore, uh, but we do have Johnson Institute, uh, which is an academic building, which most of the arts uh, discipline classes take place, was built in 1883, correct? That's right. And the, mo- the, early, the latest... Um building that was erected on our campus was in 1913 so all of the buildings are obviously more than 100 years old and have been restored except for one we have restored all of them to their historic um, grandeur Mm -hmm. so to speak Uh, we have Whitworth College alums that come to visit MSA for reunions each year and when they come they uh, have have done tours with us and told us what these spaces were used for before and are really thankful and and grateful that the campus was restored the way that it was. Um, I do think that by creating an environment like this right here in the middle of downtown, it has impacted Brookhaven. Downtown, um, the businesses, the restaurants that we have, it does make an economic impact in this community, even beyond the artistic impact that we're making in the state. I think it's pretty cool looking at some of the history on Whitworth, how it was a liberal arts college and they're indulged in the arts education and how Mississippi School of the Arts has continued that uh, over 100 years later. Mm -hmm. And while Whitworth College served a lot of women throughout the southeastern part of the United States, Mississippi School of the Arts serves the entire state of Mississippi in the same respect with uh, 11th and 12th grade. It's really cool. So you mentioned the, the economic factors regarding the MSA and the Brookhaven area. Uh, how much has MSA influenced the art world in Brookhaven? Well, I'd like to think that we're a vital part mm-hmm. of the, the creativity that happens in our community and our state and our region of the state. Uh, there, there are limited resources to make art happen in the state of Mississippi, but we do have a lot of jobs that exist in Mississippi. There's 65,000 jobs, they last estimated, uh, that are creative jobs in museums and galleries, um, culinary arts, as well as, as performance work. It's really pretty exceptional to see in a rural, largely rural state. Mm-hmm. In Brookhaven, you know, there's a really rich artistic connection that there are a lot of musicians that live here or that came from Brookhaven that come back every year. Brookstock has been around for decades and is is really doing extraordinary work in songwriting and keeping musicians moving in the right direction they've been very supportive of us Uh, the Brookhaven Community Theater Little Theater um, does extraordinary work and has really grown significantly in in recent years our students have been excited to be part of some of those activities they've extended the venue to us for film festival and things like that in the past we also have you know visual artists that are coming back and Brookhaven um, has a an artist guild here and they do an arts um, competition every year. So, you know, I think that they're, with the 50-plus public events that MSA does, in addition to all of the live music around town and all of the things that are happening, it's really pretty extraordinary to see a small community like this, population really not that large, to have on any given Friday night two or three public performances that, stu- that people can go to. So it's really... Um, I think in, in the last nine years that I've been in, in Brookhaven, I've witnessed a huge growth 
in the creative economy for Brookhaven. And I do think it definitely impacts us in a really positive way. And I know that MSA is very much a vital part of that. And that's for any community throughout the state. Anytime you add the art, some type of art program um, into the community, uh, it vibrantly changes. You know, so we're training 130, 40 plus students here. They go back to their own community throughout the state and they want, you know, they start creating programs, helping out in uh, different areas uh, of their community and and embracing the arts, having the community come together, embracing the arts. And um, well, there's also the indirect mm -hmm. spending that happens from people going out to these events and performances and camps and things like that, you know. We have 50-plus events on our campus. The parents are coming in to see their, their students. We've got prospective students and their families coming to visit Brookhaven to see what we're all about, staying in hotels, eating in restaurants, going shopping here. And I do think that that impacts it. When you start looking at the students who are not only current um, enrolled here, but the students who've, who've graduated, they're working in summer camps and programs across the state and schools and museums. And so they really are bringing the knowledge that they gained from us and took to college with them. And a lot of them, even if they left college uh, out of state, they are still coming back to Mississippi. They want to make a difference. We have, uh, we did an as estimate a few years ago, how many community service hours our students were averaging a month. And it was over a hundred, Wow. Um, which is except, exceptional, mm -hmm. right. you know, and so, our, our kids are going to the Brookhaven Animal Rescue League on Sundays and playing with the animals and helping out over there. They volunteer at any community event that we have. If people need help, we always have students willing to do that. They go do site screening for the Lions Club. They're always excited and interested in giving back. So I don't think, you know, when you start talking about MSA and our budget, it is, um, it's a luxury that Mississippi has created this school and, and chosen to invest in the future of the artistic legacy that is so rich in our state and of all the things that we have in Mississippi this is artistic legacy is one of the things that we can be the most proud of in my opinion mm -hmm. because we have exceptional writers exceptional visual arts uh, artists that have come out of here actors and singers it's just unbelievable when you see the lists of people who have been amazing artists coming out of Mississippi and so we know we're contributing to that legacy in a big mm -hmm. way over the next you know 15 years I do believe you're gonna have household names that mm -hmm. came right out of the school so I know that it's making a difference but when you start talking about making a difference in your own community it it means even more mm -hmm. it's really awesome to have famous alums and all of that and we do have successful alums all over the country and the world really but when you start talking about the impact they're making in their own communities, mm -hmm. teaching, um, doing arts programming, doing um, social media things mm -hmm. for, for arts agencies in their communities, it's really moving to see. And I know that the arts legacy mm -hmm. will continue and the young people coming behind them are going to be inspired by that, that service. Mm -hmm. How has MSA changed your students here? Well, I, you know, I'd like to think that MSA is a transformative in, institution. You know, when we start looking at the students who come here, they have to have a 2.5 GPA to be accepted and to enroll and maintain at least a 2.5 coming in. There are some students who have had extraordinary foundation in education and are doing extremely well and come in with high ACT scores. We have a lot of students that also 
are coming in without that. Um, what this does is it levels the playing field for all those students. A lot of public schools um, have to deal with those basic needs that students don't have met. And so when they don't have breakfast to come to school or they don't have a place to sleep that's consistent or they don't have any supervision or support, they're trying to overcome those things in the classroom. At MSA, our students don't have that worry because they have a dorm. They can they have a person that's paying attention to them and making sure they're okay. We have privileges based on your performance in class. So if you're not doing well, then you're going to have to do extra studying, you know, and we mandate that. And so we're kind of structuring an environment for students who may not have had that before. Mm-hmm. So when they come in here, it takes those students who maybe are below reading level. For instance, last year we did some remediation for students last fall. And in three months, we watched the all of the students, 100% of them who were below reading level, went up a minimum of 1.5 grade level. Oh, wow. But we had one student who went up four <laughs> grade wow. levels in three months. It just took somebody Mm -hmm. sitting with them and helping them understand how to comprehend what they're reading what vocabulary Mm -hmm. building skills need to be done so that they can read on that higher level and so we saw a direct correlation in the act scores their act went up Mm -hmm. you know and so it's not just this fluke thing that it's happening we're giving these kids an environment where we've eliminated those basic needs Mm -hmm. now we're focusing on those higher needs that they have and then they go in and they're doing something that inspires them or excites them. Our academic classes also approach things in a very facilitated way rather than sit down and listen to me lecture. We're going to have a facilitated discussion. We're going to work together on building the the answers to these problems. And so they learn to love education again. The kids love learning. They get on fire for it. And so when they see a friend that's struggling, they're peer tutors, you know, they become peer tutors or they help them get where they need to be. And so I think you take these students who have a potential, because the other thing you should know is 50% of the students who come here have never had a formal lesson Mm -hmm. in their arts discipline. They might have sung in their church or they might have been, you know, doodling or making art at home, but never had an actual teacher for that. So they come here with kids who've had this wonderful training as well, and everybody is learning together. Everybody is challenged together. And so even if they might have been a big fish at their home, now they're coming in, they're seeing all these other people that have, you know, equal potential to to be great in the arts. And so I think it's transformative to watch these students come in, and they do – the arts do encourage them to do better in their education. They do better in their um, classrooms. They do better in their social environment. They start learning teamwork and problem solving and all those 21st century skills that the industry out there wants the people to have right, when they come uh-huh. in the workforce. It's natural. It here, right? It's natural mm-hmm. in what we do. Mm-hmm. And so when they're leaving here, they're they're ready for the workforce, whether it's in the arts or not. You know, there might be people going into accounting, but they still have developed a work ethic. They understand everything requires you paying your dues. Everything requires that you need to be able to give and take criticism. You can't walk into something and know it all. Right. And so I think that's what MSA's gift has been back to the state. 
That's the cool thing. You mentioned criticism. You know, um, I've walked in several of the classrooms here, and you know, the students are given um, one another some, you know, some critique ideas. You don't see that in many places, and you, you, it kind of makes you wonder how are they taking uh, the criticism. But they're taking it extremely well, and they're using it to to mold themselves to do better at their artistic ability. And again, they're helping one another. It's not about me, 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 me. Look what I can do. Now let's help get through this together, and we can all shine. That's right. And that's the coolest thing. Well, and criticism is a process. You can't just deliver your opinion and think that that's that's it. That's right. it. Uh-huh. You have to take it. People miss. They mistake. The, the difference between truth and opinion and so we work with the students um, significantly in all of our classes about how to deliver criticism how to look at something and ask an intelligent question that's going to cause the person who did the work the intelligent approach to why they did what they did they start thinking about why they did what they did and they can defend it in that way, whether you know it's a an abstract art piece or a dance that they've created by having those intelligent conversations, those questions, those thought thought provoking comments, permission given by the artist to give those comments. It becomes a mutual respect. They start to work together in a way that becomes supportive, but also they still want to be their best. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about the students that come here, none of them are replicating their teacher. None of them are walking out of here being their next. They have their own voice. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so the goal is, and that's something that when we interview our teachers, we talk to them about, okay, how do you manage 10 different projects going on at one time in your classroom? How can you encourage students to find their voice and understand why they've made the choices Mm -hmm. they made? And so that's what we look for in our teachers. And 100% of them have their master's or their doctorate. Mm-hmm. All of them come are practicing artists. All mm-hmm. of the arts teachers are practicing artists in their own fields. So they can come at it from not only an educator's perspective, but a professional's perspective. And that gives students that duality that they really need to make conscious choices mm-hmm. about whether they want to be an artist, whether they want to be in administration, if they want to be in business, if they want to be a nurse, you know, whatever choices they're making, they are truly informed in all the areas that we can give them in their Mm -hmm. arts form. The coolest thing about working here, I've been here four and a half years now uh, in the technology uh, education field and, um, you know, many years before that in the Lincoln County School District. What's cool about MSA, you know, I talked to someone else, and this is a creative environment, of course, we know that. But it's an experimental environment because you can experiment with anything in the arts, uh, anything creative, and develop a new idea, a new project, and it works. Yeah, and, you know, being as small as we are, uh, we have pretty much one-person departments Mm -hmm. as far as staff is concerned. And so we we really do need each other as employees at MSA. But also by necessity, we need the students as much as they need us. Mm -hmm. And so they learn all of the different aspects that it takes to make a show happen they learn all the different aspects that it takes to make our school shine and they know that we want to work with them these kids teach us as much as we teach them and it's it becomes this um, respectful place the kids want to be in because they know that we care about what they think we want to hear from them 
I mean, all of the changes that we've made, for the most part, especially when it comes to our handbook and policies and procedures, they came because students said, why can't we think of it this way? What can we do this way? And it it really did make an impact. So we do surveys on a regular basis. We go and talk to all of the kids at some point in time over the course of a year and get their opinions about what we're doing on this campus what things can we improve upon what things do they wish they had known before they got here or that they would love to impart to their incoming juniors next year Mm -hmm. and so the changes that have happened on this campus that have been the most impactful came from the voices of the students and i think they know we want to we want to hear that and so it's been really exciting to see their ownership in this place even when they're gone even when they they leave and graduate and go on and do their their life they still remember that we wanted to know and so i I have alumni that contact me all the time even been they've been gone eight years wanting me to to help them through something they're going going through at home or in in school and so it's really we build relationships here we get to know each other in a way that is special and so the kids know that that we only want this to be the beginning of their journey we want msa to be the start of where they're headed and so their success whatever that may be we want to give them as many tools as we can to prepare them speaking of which we have our seminar um, programs for juniors and seniors our juniors we do more time management study skills Uh, how to balance the work because they never leave school, Um, being able to get conflict management and roommates, um, how they handle people they don't know that they're living with, how to set boundaries, those kinds of things that we just all need to be able to exist in the world. And then the seniors have carved out time in their fall of their senior year where every day, every week, an hour and a half a week, we've been doing this since 2014, The students are getting experiences in resume building, mock interviews. Um, They do sort of a reality town kind of thing where they learn about personal finance. They learned how to change a flat tire, how to use a fire extinguisher. Um, Also college research and college essay writing and being able to really think about where they want to go. So by the time December comes, they have done all of the work they have to do. So spring, they can focus on finalizing that portfolio, figuring out how much money they have to go to which place, and start really making the plans. It it alleviates a huge amount of stress that the seniors have always had. I think when seniors get to high school in in high school are always panicked that they have to make life choices at the age of 17, 18 years old that they can't change. And so we try to help them understand taxes and student loans and all the things that that are going to happen for them because adulthood is not easy and so all of the staff here have really kind of said well I wish I had known this or I wish I had been told this before I was 35 and figured it out the wrong way and so we've added to it every year but when we added that program in 2014 our scholarship dollars went up by two million dollars and then in 2015 went another two million and so by 2018, the class of 2018 with 64 graduates had a $10.8 million in scholarships to go to college. Nothing to sneeze mm-hmm. at. And it's probably more from the ones who didn't report, you know? Yes, we ask them because we won't, we won't share a total that 
you know, is not documented on paper. Right, so uh-huh. if there's a student who got a big scholarship but didn't turn in a letter or documentation of that, we don't want to put it in our total because we can't back it up. So, yes, I knew personally of some students who did not submit the letter. I didn't have it on my list whenever I had to do my calculation for the end of the year. And I called them because I said, I know you got this. And so they, some of them submitted, some of them didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they just didn't submit that amount. But I know we would have been over $11 million if I had had all that. But um, we do try to encourage them. We were around 80% of the senior class last year, just under it, I think 79% had scholarship offers which you know so it's not just one person getting two million dollars it's there's a a lot of kids getting that help that they need to go to college what's interesting about the senior seminar program is what you're talking about here um you know starting it in 2014 and seeing the results and uh, i believe now mississippi through the state board of education um, now requires a class like this throughout the entire state yes and it, it seems um, this came along just in time, and like the State Board of Education was already at the forefront, and they were thinking about this. And we were kind of the, the trial school to see um, in, the, in the back of some minds and how successful it has been to – and that's all on the students. You know, we, we give them the uh, information they need, but it all depends on them to get out there and to submit the applications, um, their essays and stuff. Uh, you know, you talk about the uh, the workload, and I don't know if some of our listeners heard during the podcast recently, um, uh, just earlier, the school bell went off uh, for break. <laughs> they start school at eight o'clock a.m. and they end. The last bell ends at four fifty-seven p.m. So you're talking about a full eight-hour workday. Mm-hmm. Um, so. In essence, they're used to the workload of a regular life environment right here at MSA, where most kids get out at 3 o'clock and, and kind of go do their sports thing or their home thing or whatever the case may be. Our kids are still in class till till 5 o'clock. And then they go to dinner right after school, and they have rehearsals. Mm-hmm. If they are in theater and dance, it's two to four days a week for months of, this, of the year. Um, until eight, nine, ten o'clock at night, um, the vocals have sectional rehearsals during the week. Visuals have studio hours during the week. Medias are constantly making films all over the place. Literaries do um, coffee houses where they host um, sort of open mic nights, if you will, where they do some reading and they they involve different arts disciplines. It's a really kind of cool experience that the students have. And then we have all of our showcases on top of that. Visual art has a new show just about every month. And so they're mounting those those shows in addition to their work that they're doing here. So it's really pretty extraordinary. But the other thing when you start looking at the amount of things that these kids are doing that are required, we also have a boatload of clubs that the kids <laughs> create. Because if you have 10 friends here, if you have 10 friends and an adult that's willing to sit in the meeting with you, you, you can a create a club. <laughs> and so they just do a little form and sign people up. And we have self-defense club. We have a gaming club. We have um, karate classes. We have students who've done fitness club and ballroom club and knitting club and all these different things on top of the beta club and the film club and um, the yearbook and all of the things that are, most high schools have. So I always tell the students, if you're bored, it's your own fault. <laughs> 
because there's so much to do. Our students do the, the Black History Month production every year. That's student-led. They do that on their own. We have a Total Praise Gospel Choir, which is student-led. The students created that back in 2011, I believe, and it's been passed down year after year. We have a haunted house the kids do where they, they fundraise for uh, community activities and organizations in our area. Last year it was for a children's home. So they're very, very active. And I find that because of that, when they get to college, they do have that extra time. They become really active on their campuses wherever they go. They become leaders because they want to do more. They, they have the work ethic. We know that creating the art that they do does not happen instantly you can't just google it Mm -hmm. and so the students have to learn patience they have to overcome procrastination because they have a lot of activities and work that they have to accomplish Um, it doesn't mean they don't procrastinate Mm -hmm. but they certainly have to work through it and then we have you know all of the 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 events that have to happen so if the students aren't able to put the work in have the desire to see it through to the end understand that it's not going to happen overnight and every piece you make is not going to be a masterpiece you are going to fail sometimes you are not going to make a beautiful piece every time it may not be what you envisioned but they understand that it's part of the process and so the process here is far 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 more important to us than the product we do the product because we need to the kids need to have that compilation of their work and show it and explain it and be able to promote it and understand that that's part of this but the process of getting there is the transformative part it's the part that the students take to their daily life understanding that you know how you are a student director in a scene and being able to tell people how you need them to move and what you need them to do you need to be able to take those skills into daily life. You need to be able to communicate with people that's not going to make them mad when you need them to do something. And so we we try to teach them there is a transference that needs to happen. The skills that they're gaining needs to transfer into all aspects of life and learning how to speak to people and learning how to handle conflict and that, you know, you don't just leave that in the studio. We're not in the silos. And I think that education as, as a whole sometimes can fall into that. We really try to get them to think outside of that, that they take those skills that they learn wherever they go, and hopefully it'll make them better citizens. It's interesting in some of the arts disciplines like film, um, uh, media arts, uh, they take on each individual role from director to cinematographer to, you know, editor, uh, the same way in, in, in theater, you know, scene designer or set designer every aspect they learn about so whenever they transition to college their professors are looking at them like you already have a little experience of this and so they're ahead of their freshman class already right by the knowledge that they gain here from mississippi school of the arts and i know of a couple of students who went straight into a bachelor's theatrical program at the college they're attending now because of the training that they've received here mm-hmm. but you have to want it and, and that's the difference that I, I can see of students who come here. Uh, they're eager to get here on campus, and they want to be a part of something. All right, so what about the alums of MSA? Yes, uh, we did a survey last year of our alums and of the, the people who responded. We had over 70% uh, percent of them are still active in the arts in some way. 
twenty percent of them are in a voluntary way, and and more than a little more than fifty percent are in working paid artists. Um, we have students that are in regional theaters. We have students who are working at Disney World. Um, we have a lighting designer in Magic Kingdom, of all places. Um, we have students who've been in films. We have students who've been on t- television shows, and they are still very young. So they're building their career, but they are making a living as artists. Um, I'm excited to say that that more than 70% of our alums actually stay in Mississippi. So we're not just funneling them out. You know, when they graduate from here, they're still taxpayers and, and working in Mississippi. The most astounding thing that I saw was that our unemployment rate was only 1.9% of the alums that we have. That's huge. That's, yeah, that's extraordinary. So they're working. They're out mm-hmm. there. They're they're contributing to our society. We have students who've uh, gotten fellowships for research, uh, students who teach internationally that live abroad, um, and really the colleges that they go to are coast to coast. Of course, every school in Mississippi, we have students who go. Retention of college students in, in universities is, is a problem you know it's people go and then they don't know what to do with themselves once they get there and our students already have lived in the dorm for two years so when they get to college many times you know they have the opportunity to be RAs before everybody else because they've lived in a dorm for two years Um, when they go to college we have students that are they're plucked out because they are a year or two ahead of where they their peers are coming in the door so we have students who find their niche here because of all the different experiences that they have, and then they push that to the extremes. You know, we have a student who was just here last week visiting. She's uh, in dramaturgy in her in her undergrad and has basically built a degree for the school that she attends. And they give her a budget, and she is the dramaturg for all of the plays, and she's about to finish her bachelor's degree. But that started her freshman year of college. (laughs) So it's not abnormal for our students to go and get these leadership roles once they leave. But um, we do also have students who go in the military, and we have students who are nurses and that kind of thing as well uh, that go and do different things that are outside the arts, but they keep their hands in it. They stay active. And I don't think that that's our education is lost on the students who choose to go outside of that either. I think that the the work ethic that they have to have to be here and want to um, to show their work, they understand that that's kind of par for the course wherever you go and whatever you do, no matter what. You had students on um, American Idol and The Voice and... Um, we've got more students coming, I think. We've got a few that are trying to get there. So, uh, of course, Jasmine Murray is a graduate. She'll be here in January. I'm really excited about that to perf- to see her perform. She's on the top of the contemporary Christian chart. She was on American Idol and Miss Mississippi and Top Ten Miss America. So she's probably our most famous mm-hmm. name um, that's come out of here so far. But, again, we're only 15 years old. So I'm super excited to see where they all end up but we've had a student um, in an Oscar nominated film we've had students who've been on Chicago Med and The Exorcist and Billions and in movies um, with speaking roles they're not just extra mm-hmm. people that are there hanging out but it's they're actually hired to do the work so our alums are working and I think it's a matter of minutes before 
we have more jasmines coming right through on. but it's really exciting to see where the alums go i don't think the rest of the state really knows and we're, we're trying to get the word out how can we get more information about that i believe you can go online through yes. our website uh, just about anything you want to know mm-hmm. about msa is on our website um, we is a very active um, site and i'm really thrilled with the with the work that's happening in there but we do have ticket sales um, we have calendar information about all of the public events that we have uh, we also have ways to support the school um, through giving or purchasing merchandise and things that that are reflective of the school or the in the campus as a whole we also have uh, information about each of the arts disciplines we have information about how to audition for MSA and to apply so students who are in their 10th grade year February 1st is the deadline and if it's ever a weekend on February 1st and it's the following business day students do an online application they need to do recommendations and a transcript uh, that they would submit to us and then all of the arts auditions you can do up to three you have a prepared component an on-site component and an interview that that you have to do um, by appointment and we send out students um, letters with their appointments and what time they're supposed to come for auditions that's usually the last week or the first week of last week of February or the first week of March when we do those auditions and so then after that we let students know if they were accepted and then after their junior year they have to be invited back so I think that encourages them to work a little harder whenever they're here and and really immerse themselves in the environment we want if you're not quite in the 10th grade though students can be part of our summer camp we have a summer camp usually the very first full week of June for eighth rising eighth ninth and tenth graders they get to study two arts disciplines with the teachers that work here and so it gives them an opportunity to see what it's all about they can live on campus or they can be a day camper we have scholarships available based on financial need those are first come first served and we do fundraising to try to to get as many scholarships as possible any student who was in gifted actually can go to their gifted teacher and ask for them to um nominate them for scholarship through the gifted association which most gifted teachers are a part of and there's a scholarship there uh, for students as well so there's two different ways to get some scholarships if they're in a gifted program and so we also have of course i've said it several times a public event so there's a lot of ways for people to be involved with msa or see what we're all about we are an open campus we really want people to come see us and and know what we're all about we have an experience MSA day is the first Saturday in December normally and we invite anybody who's interested in becoming a student of MSA and their families to come and see what we have to offer they can take tours and meet teachers see a showcase and understand more about what MSA is and does and then um, we also have orientation once the students are are selected so that the parents can really get more questions answered but there the, the cost to attend MSA is a thousand dollars a year for the students who live in the dorm five hundred dollars for the students who are commuters within 25 miles of Brookhaven but if a student is free and reduced lunch qualified then they can have that waived and there are some additional student fees again if they meet the criteria most of that is waived as well um, there's an additional cost to outfit a dorm room but you're going to have to do that anyway if they go on to college which 
98% of ours do. And the other thing I didn't talk about, you know, our ACT scores were higher because of the remediation for the students who came in. But I didn't talk about the fact that we do remediation or workshops for the ACT broadly. We want all of our students to get that experience and opportunity. And so um, Dot McClendon, who's founded Jumpstart Test Prep, also teaches here. And so she's done an amazing job of creating workshops for our students. Our English teacher, Toby Lambert, is very involved in the English component of Jumpstart, but also really works heavily with our students. So this year, in 2018, the junior test administration from February actually were second in the state behind MSMS. And our students don't have to have a 21 to get in here like they do MSMS, so I'm pretty proud of them. They really did do the work that it was required to get those scores up. And um, 40% of this year's senior class has a 25 or higher. Wow. Mm-hmm. 12% of them have 30 or higher. And we work with them heavily on um, how to, to do better in that because that we know that that is where scholarship dollars are tied a lot of the time, in addition to their arts experience and how amazingly talented that they have to be but you know to get here and to stay and to be successful for a couple of years now the act workshop held during the summer has has been around the time of summer camp Mm -hmm. and talking about summer camp um, it's kind of the experience to kind of get their foot in the door to see what msa is about Uh, i've noticed several students who are now at msa who are actual students went through our summer camp Almost 100% every year of the 10th graders apply. Um, They don't all get in because it's a big pool. You know, we're about 45% acceptance rate at this point, which is is pretty good. I mean, your odds are pretty good, but still, um, you know, you need to have ongoing training. That one week is not going to be enough to get you to a place that's going to always take you to the top. But certainly it does prepare you a good bit. And we have had a lot of students that did very well. Our alumni actually come back and are interns for the summer camp, and so they can really help the students understand what the experience is like in a way that I don't think our staff can really give them. But we do activities that we actually do during the school year with them during res life uh, time. We do room checks just like we do. The only difference with summer camp and school year is the kids can't check out to walk downtown or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's it's very, very similar Um they don't have our academic classes, but they have their arts classes. So if they can handle that three hours a day in an arts class, because they do it for three hours for one discipline and three hours for another at summer camp, by the end of the week, they understand, okay, this the is process, kind of rigor yes, that I'm going to yeah. have with my arts classes on top of my normal academic mm-hmm. classes. And so I think it's a real great opportunity f- to show a, a view from within what MSA is all about and it's open to anyone you know that's rising into 8th, ninth, and 10th grade if they want to come it's first come first serve once we fill up we fill up I guess maybe we should throw in a mini ACT workshop during the summer camp <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll get the know. full spectrum <laughs> yeah yeah we, uh, we might we um you know the ACT is something that we drive home and by the time they graduate they're like okay already I know I know <laughs> But um, but it, it's look so at the, important, the, right? In the in the scholarship opportunity is the money that's involved in. You know, we didn't get this when I was younger. Every junior that comes in gets a practice ACT book the first two weeks they're here, 
and then we do workshops Saturdays prior to every test administration throughout the year. And then we have a week long in June that's free to our students, but Ms. Dot also has people who are outside MMSA coming. And then we have the Jumpstart program for English and Math. We provide them with the books for that and the login information so they can do the video modules on top of the workshops. Um, so we've seen a direct correlation with all of that activity in rising scores. I mean, some students have risen as much as nine points from the start of their junior year to the end of their senior year. They do have to have an ACT score to come, so we need to have that when they get accepted. Yes, Uh but there's no minimum or maximum Mm -hmm. score that they have to have. But it gives us a picture because when you're talking about 48 districts of students coming in at one time, it varies. Somebody who might have had straight A's in a school may not have still gotten the foundation they Mm -hmm. need in math or English or whatever. Um, So we do a start administration, a start test for them to see their reading level, and we have an ACT score, and that just gives us a picture to put alongside of their transcript to say, okay, they're reading at grade level, they have a 20 ACT, they have A's and B's, that's pretty equal, and it gives us a, a, a real valid picture of where the student is when they come in the door. And based on those things, we use that data because we don't know these students when they're coming right away. We just know they have this great talent. That's mm-hmm. all we have. And so this gives us an opportunity to really kind of plan before they get here on success um, for their schedules and ease into dual credit if maybe they have that basic ACT that they need. That's something that we're real proud of, too, is our dual credit options through Colin Community College that students can take. With our teachers on our campus, um, we have dual credit psychology, music appreciation, uh, English comp one and two. We've had college algebra here and at Brookhaven High School where we have a partnership with them. Um, The students can take anything that they offer online as well. So students have graduated with as few as three credit hours towards college and as many as 30 if they wanted to sign up and and they do have to pay for that but it's small you know it's a really nominal cost for what they're getting and so that's been another addition to our campus that I think you know just adding all those resources up you give all those things and all those tools to these students there's no doubt that they're prepared and then they just have to go out there and do their best. MSA being um, what it is it seems like it's just the remote location for all of these ideas to come together. So we're, the staff uh, are not all from Brookhaven area, uh, or for Lincoln County for that matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just kind of a ratio, how many from this area do you know of? Uh, as far that, as where they live, we have 11 counties mm-hmm. represented in our in employees. Okay. Um, when I did the last survey of, of the uh, employees that, that live or work, mm-hmm. you know, at MSA. But... Um, Many of them, even if they live here in Lincoln County, are not from Lincoln County. They've come from all over. We have people from Kansas, from Colorado, from, you know, all different different places um, coming to, to do this job. And when you come in and you have an 11 to 1 ratio of student to teacher, it's an environment that's a dream for an educator because you've got kids who want to learn. You've got an environment that invites creativity and wants you to approach education in a new way. Um, you really can come in here and make an impact in a way that's visible. Like you can physically see the transformation of a student from 
the time they walk in your door to the time they leave. And there's nothing more gratifying than that. You've eliminated the idea of this is the way we've always done it. Miss Suzanne Hirsch, thank you for joining me in today's podcast. This has been a great conversation, and I believe uh, we'll have you definitely, not believe, but definitely have you on the program uh, again. And hope to bring in some uh, Brookhaven guests uh, from the Brookhaven area and talk more about uh, the founding of Mississippi School of the Arts, some of the process that it took to get it together um, uh, to become one of you know Mississippi's best ideas. So uh, with that, I'd like to say thank you again and see you soon. Thank you. Many thanks to the MSA podcast production team and the Mississippi School of the Arts Foundation for their support. We also thank Thomas Hart, class of 2018 media arts student, for his contribution of the music score in this podcast. For more information about Mississippi School of the Arts and podcast series, go online to www.msabrookhaven.org. 